0: I'm not. A, I don't waste my money at the Apple. I'm not a dumbass <laughs> like you. <laughs> you just come out and say it. Like, I, oh. I, I, I did. Like you, 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 you right. twisted my arm. I'm better than you. Okay. Fine.
1: Okay.
0: And welcome back to another episode of the Refactored Podcast, where it is our goal here stated to suck just a little bit less every single day. My name is Chris Tunkinson. And my name is Frankel. And this is episode number 103, recorded April 28th, 2023. How you doing, man?
1: I'm good. I have to adjust your, your camera setup. I have, to, I have to make sure I'm positioned now properly for, for camera for usage all
0: those, for all those all those video so listeners now, yeah out so there. now
1: i have to yeah it's great so i have something else to think about i have to think about all of the stuff in the background now i have to think about my camera my my microphone position to the mm-hmm. mouth because i don't want to you know get right up on it and <laughs> you know breathe into the thing so i have to be careful yep. with that but uh, we'll figure it out it's, we'll it's, get there it's, it's, it's all it's all good and, uh, you know, we were we were messing with video before the show. And hopefully when we go to play video later today, it won't
0: totally like it won't totally suck, but it probably Completely will and then we'll learn faces. and then it'll
1: probably suck just yeah. a little bit less when we try it next week.
0: That is literally the only goal. Literally the just goal. To suck less. I was I, almost, my bar is real low.
1: I was almost of the opinion that I, I almost when we were doing that configuration, I was like, you know what? Screw it. We'll just wait until next week. And then I thought, no, screw that. Screw your screwing.
0: Let's just try it. And no, I, one of my favorite <laughs> quotes is from uh, General General Patton, uh, and he is he is alleged to have said that a good plan executed violently now is better than a perfect plan next week. It's very true. I I kind of really like. It. I don't know. I don't know about you, and I I don't know whether this is. So I I usually report from the brink of sanity, and I've I'm I'm semi lucid this week, right? I don't know whether just the, the travails of being in, in the technology industry, in middle management, both of those at the same time, whether I am just starting to lose my grip or if I am starting, because my, my default personality is like, you know, I'm an optimist. And mm-hmm. so I think that's probably turn out fine. It's not that big a deal, guys. Let's just, you know, let's, let's take a deep breath. Let's, you know, whatever. If somebody doesn't do something right, I am patient. And I, I know this of myself sometimes to a fault. I'm, I'm, I'm at times a little too patient. With, I will with corroborate this fact. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's just my, that's my temperament. Somebody like you, you're the exact opposite. Right. And so I don't know whether like, like is, is, are my life experiences are my work experiences. Am I finally starting to learn? And that's causing me to be a healthy level of impatient for BS or, is, is my core personality unchanged and I'm just starting to break down. Like I'm I'm borderline, like I was talking to my wife the other day, we were at the store and and the kids, or no, we weren't at the store. We're walking around the neighborhood, all right? We got we got the three kids. They are seven, six, and two. And we've got this four-month-old puppy. We're trolling around the neighborhood and one's screaming, the other's crying, the other's chewing on some bark and it's not the dog. And it, like the whole thing, I was, we were going nuts and this one won't listen and that one won't stop crying and it's, and I was like, "Hun, you know what? I really I'm starting to see the appeal of the midlife crisis. Like, I can <laughs> I can understand, I can understand how this cause. Like I'm 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 digging it. You know, like I'm I'm vibing with it. <laughs>
1: You're vibing with a midlife crisis. <laughs> I, I don't like. F- I get it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, I would like to know what you construe as the exact opposite of what you said. It makes it sound like I'm just a a hotheaded shoot first and ask no questions later." You know, Duke Nukem, you know, you know, kill things and
0: chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum. Uh, you want, no, I th- there's, there's, there's a little bit of um, like, you are, you are much quicker to get, and I, and I don't say this in a bad like, a I, I way, but it, in a healthy way, about, like,
1: yeah, yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: You're not yeah, insulting yeah. me. It's fine. Continue. Like, yes. Like you are faster to get impatient with a perceived lack of results. Oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like and 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 like whoever you've got to disgruntle in order to get to the bottom to satisfy that, you know, things are actually on track that's what you're, it's your default mm-hmm. personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think there are a lot of ways in which that makes for a great leader, right? Because you've mm-hmm. got to cut through the BS and get to the results. Because at our level, you can hide as a contributor, maybe if you're not, you know, you're putting in 80% of your time and mm-hmm. whatever. But at the leadership level, there really is, there is no patience. There's no tolerance for BS. Get the results or GTFO. Like that mm-hmm. is really the way that, that it works. So um, true.
2: So and true. And so I think
0: that trait, that trait, now there are there's an opposite side of the coin, right, where there's some unhealthy parts that just like my uh, my empathy and my patience and those sorts of things, they have a darker side that that routinely get me into trouble. Um, and so I don't know, am I, am I finally starting to balance out like i'm 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 learning towards the midpoint where I have a healthy mix of, of some of that good impatience uh, or am or am I just being pushed to? The breaking point where I'm going to go out and I'm going to buy a convertible. I don't know. I don't know which it is.
1: I, I cannot speak for another man's heart. So only you could fully answer that. That being said, there is, I think there's a couple things, there's a couple externalities at play that you probably should think about. Uh, one, you've got a lot more experience. You know, you've come a long way. You have seen a lot of stuff, you know, what works and what doesn't. And you know wisdom is knowledge guided by experience that's it's pretty much what you know that that is the definition of wisdom so as you gain more of this you can more quickly and more confidently come to conclusions that will
0: tend to be right based on your past experiences and so if and you see enough more, more it's it's easier for you to identify what is signal and what is noise exactly and, and, and so if you've yeah. gotten pretty good if if
1: you if your bs meter has had a lot of practice well You know, it's like a muscle. It's going to be pretty strong. You're going to get pretty good at detecting the BS. So I think experience is going to play into that a little bit. The other part of it is going to be your advancement to positions of authority and responsibility inside the organization. So you're right. I have always been very quick to, this is is not right and it needs to be fixed. The biggest, the bane of my professional existence has been the fact that I've had to work my way up in, in an organization, in, in experience, to reach a point where I can say, this is crap and we need to fix it, and something actually end. gets done about yeah. it because I said something. For the, you know, for the first number number of years and even up till today, there's still a threshold. There's always a cutoff point where, mm-hmm. you know, oh stay in your lane. Everybody, you know, you, you, you can, yeah. everyone has that. There, there is that upward limit for everybody. Um, that level has advanced to a point now where, you know, something could actually get done. But when I was early in my career, that happened literally all the time. And I was... Almost never in a position to do anything about it, and it drove me insane. Absolutely, batty. It drove me freaking nuts. Because, hey, there's this thing. I can, you know, it's not right. It should be right, and I can correct it. And I see no reason why we shouldn't. Which I think is the other important part of this. Because I've, I, I'm, I'm worried. I don't want to. I don't want to actually sound like I'm talking out both sides of my mouth. Given what we said last week about, you know. Chasing shiny and you know what's you know, what should be right and what should be wrong. You know, no, mm-hmm. you know, taking a taking a fulsome picture of the situation, given you know cost benefit analysis, this is a thing that we should do, and then somebody for some reason saying no, don't do that. It it, it was just does not compute for you. Oh my gosh, yeah. it was just nuts. Yeah. Um, so I'm in a position now where I can do something about it, and so for you. You are, you, you've got a better BS meter and you're in a position to, uh, to do something about it, which is going to make you more uh, readily willing to flex that muscle. So like you've got yeah. the muscle and you see an opportunity to use it and you're going to use it. I think, there's, I think there's value in that. You could also be losing it. There's probably some of that in there too. How many kids are you up to now? Like seven? <laughs> yes like sure yeah you know yeah there's there's probably a mental probably a mental break at some point in there too that might be in the mix I don't know that's exhausting it's Mm -hmm. exhausting so uh so that's what yeah I I I don't I don't think you're but I don't think you're I don't think you're crazy um one thing that I have felt it's not something that I can there's no third-party verification of this there's just the 2020 hindsight of you know looking at the road I've walked and seeing how The things that I observed before, how they have played out in other organizations, with other individuals and things like that. I've got a pretty good track record of detecting when, you know, things were going right or things were going not so right, things that should be done versus things that shouldn't be done, and then the mm-hmm. outcomes, of, you know, positive or negative of, of doing or not doing those things. I'm pretty confident my BS meter because like, I've seen the proof of it enough times now.
0: When I think that's like, I don't, I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a BS meter thing. Cause I think, I think both of us have pretty finely attuned BS meters. I think it's what you do with the information. What is your default assumption, right? There's some, there's some nonsense afoot. Do mm-hmm. you assume that things are going okay? Do you assume that things are probably okay? Maybe I should check on this or do you assume that things are going off the rails and I just want to make sure? Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what because I think it's I think it's not I think most people when they sit back and think about it actually have a pretty good B.S. meter. Now, they may not be able to like because that's different from being able to tell when somebody's lying to your face. That's not B.S. meter. Um, B.S. meter to me is is something different. Like, am I am I just being buffaloed or, you know, what is what is the truth versus what's being presented to me? You know? Yeah. Um, And
1: I would even lump into that when you've got a good sense of a situation. And you've got a good nose for where a, where a project or where a process needs to go. And it's not going in that direction. So it's not necessarily, I, I'm sort of lumping under this umbrella of BS, things that I wouldn't necessarily call BS. People making errant decisions about what path to go down. Um, mm-hmm. For me in development, this happens for you, I'm sure quite a bit too, is the, you know, it's the natural tendency to overcomplicate. Which is what we talked about last week for for quite a bit. So I don't want to rehash that. But you know that that natural tendency to to make things really complicated, and my uh, you know burned enough times to learn my lesson. Uh, insight is no, keep it simple, stupid. Don't complicate it until you need to complicate it, and then only complicate it as much as is absolutely necessary as as to deliver whatever, to. whatever the hell it is you need to do.
0: That. That back to sense. 101, 102, like simplicity is a feature.
1: Right. Simplicity is a feature. Right. So that, that situation, I sort of lump, I, I use the same muscle. I use the same BS. No. Yeah. No, I don't think you're in the right spot. You're, you're way off in left field. I kind of need you, you know, more, more centered than that. And- not sitting on that and playing the oh well let's see well let's say we'll play this out and give it a couple of weeks and doing oh that doing that song and dance I have not seen the things that I have been wildly wrong about are the things where I make snap judgments I I, I come to a I come to a strong opinion too quickly with not mm-hmm. enough information. And then yeah. I learn some new information, and I go, "Oh, okay.
0: Well, that oh, wait, that, that changes sense. everything, and
1: now it makes yeah.
0: sense." Yeah. Um, yeah. But if, but if absent that kind of snap decision, which, which at the, uh, to that could be a smell though, right? So if if that's if that's happening a lot, it could be that the it could be that the folks around you are not communicating the way they need to, right? So to oh, be yeah. to be to be blindsided with new information, which causes that kind of reaction, like. And then finding out you didn't have the full context to ingest the information, uh, if that's happening a lot, that could be a smell that something is amiss in the communication chain, I think.
1: Yeah. And communication always sucks. So if you sort of
0: assume oh, that- universally.
1: So if you assume that from the, from the get-go, you can say, okay, I might be miss, missing something this communication, might be sucking. So let's go see if we can sniff that out. And yeah. the best way I have found to sniff those kinds of things out is to actually make a small a small move in the direction that you think you should be going and then present those results to whomever would be the receiving party or parties of the decision and let them go. Yeah, that's about what I expect you to know. What are you doing? You're, you're completely, you know, mm-hmm. off in the weeds. It, that's a great technique when you're dealing with weaker communicators, you yeah. know, people who, who don't, um, uh, or okay, not not just weak communicators, um, but um, I'll say internal processors. Uh, you know there are um, you know d- different different people process information and come to decisions in different ways. Some people like to do it externally. You know they like to talk it out and 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 verbalize and and communicate,
0: mm-hmm. and then other
1: people are internal. They'll take the information, they'll go off by themselves,
0: and they'll mull it. For a little while. Uh, uh, the, hi, my name is Chris, and I'm a Muller. I'm, I, yep, I'm a Muller. You and my wife are exactly the same. So I mullet all the time. In fact, I should grow a mullet because I just I mull. You constantly.
1: really shouldn't. That's that's really that's <laughs> not. No, you just don't 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 <laughs> do that. So, with internal communicators, you have to give them the information. Then you've got to give them the space so that they can do their processing and then come back. Where the weakness for an internal communicator comes is if they don't actually come back. Some internal processors, like they take the information and then they never actually come back to the table to say, okay, here's what I
0: have included. Mm-hmm. And so- That's a risk, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so in those- in for, And things
0: have already, and, and things, the conversation is already substantially moved by the time you come back. Depending sometimes. on That's, how long it takes them to process, depending
1: yeah. on the severity of it, depending on their style. Yes. All those kinds yeah. of things. So for those kinds of situations, both- healthy internal communicators and unhealthy communicators generally, I find it's really useful to take take whatever information you have, make whatever assumptions you have to do to come to a decision and then move down the path a little bit and then come back to the person or persons who are relevant to the conversation and say, is this what you're thinking, Mm -hmm. you know? I've had opportunity to do that quite, uh, quite a bit lately, just because, uh, not necessarily because of communication, but because you know, the company has, that I'm, I'm working with right now is in a, in a bit of a um, uh, a moving target state, and mm-hmm. there is information that I'm not always 100 percent aware of uh, because of my, you know, like, I just don't see everything, which is often the case. But they have a need for things, and the need for things is outpacing. The communication. So, what I have started doing is taking small bits of the work that I'm doing and then coming back to my to my team and saying, "Here's where I'm going. Is this what we're thinking? Is this you know what's missing? Thoughts, feedback, concerns, etc. You know, you don't have to have, and this can work for anything. I mean, you can do this with with software too. You know, make a wireframe. You know, not. No, even more simplistic than that wireframe, like back of the napkin, you know, draw it in Microsoft Paint. Like you can get really, really basic and and deliver a lot of information very quickly and get feedback. I found a lot of times that you can, you can focus a conversation by simply having something for everybody to gather around and look at and point at and poke. And it's, it doesn't matter its rightness or its wrongness. It's just the fact that it's there and it facilitates the conversation. If somebody has something to glom onto, um, we are way far afield of you being a, uh, of you having a, a, a midlife crisis though.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, we may be closer than you think. Just I don't know. We a- <laughs> have to be determined. I think there. Uh it's crazy it's uh, you know it's it's interesting though you see you see how you're th- and it's uh, oftentimes I find you need you need somebody else you trust to be able to call those things out or you may not ever realize it mm-hmm. right like the like the path to insanity or greatness uh I't it's not it's not quick I guess this is my point it's it's not instant it takes time and this mm-hmm. change could be slow gradual like sustained change sustainable change is almost by definition so gradual that you're in it every day you don't necessarily feel it um and so then i have people come to me that that know me well and say oh wow you're, you're getting awfully impatient that's not like you or or you know not in a bad way not like hey you're you're being a jerk but like no i see like i'm noticing something in in your approach here that's that's different um i not know it's uh is it's different i i i like to think it's a I like to think it's a good sign, you know that I am that I am actually growing a little bit and getting more towards uh well adjusted. Um but you know, I can yeah. I not I mean once you I mean once
1: you see a thing and you know it to be the case, why I mean why wouldn't you why wouldn't you act? We have a you know socially we we you know, we've we've moved in a direction of of you know backpedaling uh and and holding off a lot of times for you know the wrong reasons, you know, we're worried about hurting feelings and things like that. And I'm not saying don't respect people, but you also, you know, you can't hold everything up on the possibility that somebody might have, you know, might, well, in our might case, get upset about something. I mean, you in know, our case, just,
0: you, you got a business to run and, right. and yeah. the, the needs of the needs of running the business, you know, they they often do conflict with people's feelings and that's not to say that you disregard the feelings it's not to say that you don't care about them because as a leader you, you really wind it you, you really do um but part of the social contract and maybe legal contract is like we are here to do a job and i need you to be doing your best version of that job mm-hmm. yeah. and so to and if you're not you're what's doing the problem
1: that, and what can i do to help you that's that's really right what right
0: to the extent that you're doing it, then we can focus on having fun and, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and But to the extent that you're not, like we need to fix that one way or the other, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So you, you, you know, just, I think moving is the, like, don't, don't, just, don't just sit on it. And, and so maybe that's what you're doing is you're just getting more inclined to, to action because you know that, that that gap between here and there, you know, if you wait, X, you know, Oh, I'll give it a little bit of time, that little bit of time. I, I, I don't think that has ever changed anything for me. You yeah. oh, know, I'm going to give it a little, you know, I'm going to give it, give it another day. I'll give it another quarter. Yeah, you no, know, I don't, I don't, I don't think that that really, I don't think that that really changes anything.
0: And so one of the, one of the other leaders in my organization, he's, he's got a line he always goes to, and it's just my favorite. He says, uh, you know, yeah, we're just, we're, we're one week away from being one week away. And I just, it encapsulates the, mm-hmm. the, it, it encapsulates the, the necessity for urgency. And it's so pithy little, I, I love it. I yeah. Love it's almost, line.
1: I mean, it's, that's very much in line with, with the meetings for meetings
0: kind oh of mentality. God, I, hate it. I, hate I, it. I,
1: I think, I think a lot of the people who, who inclined to lots of meetings also incline to a lot of waiting and
0: see the, let's see, let's collab. Well, let's consult. Let's, let's, let's no Yeah. Do it. Get and see, something done now. Right. That's where I go back to the patent quote: "Like do something now, we'll make it better next week. Just do something." Just so stop then it becomes it to death.
1: Yeah. So then it becomes more a more interesting exercise of uh, get you know shifting this a little bit into effective management and and team uplifting. Okay. This other person is delaying somehow. Why? What's actually driving that? That becomes a much more interesting mm-hmm. line of thought because. Is that person Dory?
0: You just you cause delays. You're a delay fish. <laughs> <laughs> that's my new. That's my new name for these. Just Dorys.
1: They're okay, they're Dorys. They're delay fish. That's 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 good. <laughs> so, when you're dealing with a Dory, why why is that? What's causing the delay? There yeah. are there are perfectly valid. I won't
0: say valid, but. Things I The road would, to hell is paved with good intentions. And right. so off more often than not, I think you find good intentions behind it. You're going to find examples where it's delayed because they're incompetent or lazy or both. That will happen. And so as a leader, you need to be able to, back to the BS meter, you need to be like attuned to that. Like mm-hmm. you need to be keyed into it. But I think most times it's because they didn't understand the assignment well enough. They don't, you didn't give them, and I'm just going to throw all of this back right at us. We did not provide clear enough direction. We did not provide clear enough success criteria. We did not explain the yep. context well enough. We did not tell them like we did not effectively take what is in our brain and get it into their brain. And mm-hmm. so now they're confused. There's gray area. And so it's causing them hesitation and it's causing them to say, Well, tread carefully. I don't know. I don't know where my boundaries are here. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing or, or what I'll get in trouble for. And so that is in a lot of when it's not just laziness and incompetence, I think a lot of it is like, hey, as a leader, maybe you need to look in the mirror and figure out how you could have expressed this better so that you addressed whatever the hesitancy is.
1: Yeah. Oh, for sure. I I, I there's there's certainly always when something breaks that is in your orbit, whether it's above, below, or beside you in terms of hierarchy. It's always really useful to sit down and think, okay, you know, what was my contribution to this effort, good or bad? Well, you know, what could I do better next time to prevent this situation from happening? Uh, that, has, that kind of self-reflection will make you just way more effective and efficient. That's the kind yeah. of stuff that leads you to becoming that dotted line go-to person in the organization. Yeah. That people yep. come to when they've got a problem, a question, there's, and things like the that. There's the official
0: org chart, and then there's how things then actually there's the,
1: work. There's the there's the official org chart, and there's the shadow org chart. Both exist. Both are valid. One backstops the other. Um,
0: I actually had oh, come- dude, part of, Part of this impatience, I don't want to get in trouble for this, uh, so I hope none of my colleagues are listening, but I, part of it, like, I'm getting impatient. Like, I'm doing shadow all of the things- like there's there's shadow HR there's shadow i. t there's shadow i'm just i'm like i'm like the shadow master mm. now like i that's <laughs> yeah i like I, there you go there he is there he is hmm. like that guy from what was that from uh not Ragnarok uh, the newer sorry. the newer thor movie
1: uh, uh i thought it was go
0: gorok what was his name?
1: I I don't I don't remember his name.
0: Christian Bale. I know like I, Yes, I know master. the actor, and yeah. yes,
1: I remember the character. He was actually he was a very good villain. I just can't remember the 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 villain's no. name, the comic book name. Anyway,
0: Bale. anyway. So I was looking. I was looking. Uh, in the vein of a a well oiled, well greased segue. Uh, I well, think, before you we, do, are we done there? Hold on, before
1: you do, I want to back up a second because you were talking about the shadow it and the shadow stuff. Uh, I. The, It's interesting that we went there because I actually had opportunity to think about this recently because uh, my organization is pursuing a matrix org arrangement where everything exists in the in the matrix and then bubbles up to, you know, the one or two people Mm -hmm. at the very top. But then everything underneath of it is just sort of parallel.
0: And. Okay, so there's, there's like an organizational effort to like expressly lean into the matrix, matrix. concept. Yes, it's an expressly. Okay. I am,
1: I've seen it before. I, I am dubious, you know, if I'm being I've seen honest.
0: versions of it, but I've never been in an environment where like that was an expressly, like yeah. that was an express initiative.
1: Yeah, and
0: it's, it's, an,
1: it's, a good, it's a good faith effort to try and capture how the organization works day to day but mm-hmm. as we just said that's how an organization works day to day whether you
0: officially express it or not <laughs> yeah. um, and what behavior are you incentivizing by so making it formal
1: right well i mean and so it actually does lead to a good question okay so if this is how it works anyway why not just formalize it this way okay valid question the counter to that is what happens when there's a problem yeah. where do you go when there's a problem and that's where i fall back on traditional hierarchy and so the way that i And I just gave this feedback uh, recently. So um, the way that I think about it is that the traditional org chart is the definition. That is the map. That's how you set it up. Everybody reports to somebody, and that's a reverse tree that eventually ends up at the CEO who is ultimately responsible for everything. That's how it works. Matrix, shadow word, dotted lines, however you want to think about it. That's how work gets done day to day. That, that is at end if you're a smart organization, that's what you encourage. You don't encourage Alice to talk to Alice's manager, to talk to Bob's manager, to then tell Bob to work with Alice. That's a ridiculous loop that you just don't need. Just have Alice talk to Bob. End of story. Just get it done. Just, just,
0: just, go, just, just go, go do it. Just go
1: freaking do it. Give that person the authority and the autonomy as a, as a fully functional adult human to go and do what they need to do and get the hell out of the way. Oh, but I can't trust. Then fire them. <laughs> then fire them. Yeah. So again, this is a lot of stuff that we've covered before. Um, with the, with, so, so hierarchy is the uh, sort of the, the default, uh, is, the, is the backstop. So the way that I think about it is the, the, the matrix, the dotted lines, that's your, that's your SOP. That's just what you do day to day. The org chart, hierarchical org chart is your backstop. That is your, that's your backing contract. That is the thing that when crap goes sideways, that's the thing you go to to facilitate solving the problem. And this is where I run into a problem with matrixed organizations because with a matrixed organization, there is a strong uh, implication that if Alice and Bob are are supposed to be working together, but then Alice and Bob have some kind of problem, they're supposed to just... Fix it themselves. They're supposed to just, okay, well, you guys will figure it out. And I I do like figure it out, but it eventually reaches, reaches impasse. You need somebody to come in and be the tiebreaker. And so you need, that needs to have somewhere to go. It has to have a release valve. It has to have a vent going up to somebody who is in a position to make a decision that Bob and Alice will have to listen to. And so that's where I come back to this contract thing. You know, it's like you and me. When we did our startup, it was the first thing we did. We actually had a written contract. We went through the yep. effort of actually writing yep. everything down and laying it out because we had a good working uh, you know, professional and friend relationship that we didn't want to screw up if and, the business and went we, sideways.
0: We not once ever had to reference that document. But it was there. But, but it, it was there. there. Mm-hmm. We both knew that so that we could preserve our personal relationship If something happened in the professional relationship, we needed to pre-adjudicate all of the rules and decide those things up front so that we could maintain separation between the two. And I would even argue, and I think we may have talked about this, I don't know, like a jillion years ago on the show, but like when you enter a a, a vendor, uh, like a vendor relationship, right, Uh, you like – The the better you are at contracting, the better you are at setting the ground rules with your vendors and your suppliers and your clients, Mm -hmm. the less I would contend, I don't have data on this, but I would contend the better you are at that process and the cleaner you run that and and the more specific and useful that language is, the less likely it is you are going to need it, because not because the contract makes the contract worthless, but because the same time and attention, the same focus that leads to using those contracts and doing them well, uh, it belies an underlying intent and a way of behaving with others mm-hmm. that will also produce better relationships that don't have to fall back on contract terms because something went pear-shaped. Right, that would be you, my, that would be my suspicion.
1: Yeah, you've got, you've got a foundation that you have both worked to lay. And you both know that it's there. And so it frees you to actually just go about your, your day-to-day work. It's the same. So I yeah. see word charts. It's the exact same concept. It's just a different form. You you have this. This is the tree of shit flowing uphill, okay? When something gets stuck, okay, you and I, we're doing our work. Whatever we need to do, we get it done. If there, If we reach some kind of an impasse, go to the org. Manager, here's what's going on. What do you want to do? All right, let me
0: talk to the other manager. So, because you, management you, is there to support the contributors. That's right? what it's supposed I, to do. It right. is not the way it's not the way my company does it. And it's I have seen, so, I think, one in the real world, uh like a wild company has appeared that actually do it this way. The next org chart that I distribute, because we'll have a couple of people joining the team here. That's great. The next the next copy of the org chart I I uh that I distribute to the team it will actually be a tree and not yeah. a pyramid because i want it's not it's and it's not some like jet but i guess it technically is a gesture but it's like no i want to make everybody very very clear here that i am here to support you to success that is my purpose as a oh you're right? going to make my, it like an
1: like, inverted pyramid is that what you're is that what you're suggesting well,
0: yeah, like, like a tree where it's bigger at to, at the top, right? Oh, where the okay. contributors are okay. at the top, okay. and then the managers are under them supporting them, and then I'm under the manager supporting them. Like, it's it's more, I, like I said, it is it is technically a gesture, but I, I want it to be more than, I want it to be like, no, this is the way we actually see the world. You guys are doing the work. You guys are on the front lines. You're doing this stuff day to day. You're making everything work. We are here to make you successful. And so I don't like this, um, you know, and you see it every day. Like, I don't, I don't want this thing like, oh, well, you know, the, the, you know, the, you know, the chief vice, you know, whatever is up there doing that's like, no, I'm not, it's, it's not that kind of a dynamic, right? It's not, I don't take myself seriously. So how could you, right? Why? So Mm -hmm. why would I be at the top? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I, I, it's, I I see, I see what you're
1: going for. Certainly a nice gesture. It's not, it's not necessary. It's. It, I mean, you know this. It's It's. It's in action. You know, it is really, yeah. like, you know, it, it, this plays out. This plays out in action and it has to be a, a concerted effort. Now, on the plus side, you actually just, you know, interestingly, you talk about putting out your chart for your team. You don't need to have broad org buy-in to do something like this. If you have a team, no. you can just do it for your team. That team could be one per. you know, one person or five or ten or a hundred you don't have to be the CEO to do this. You know, yep. you can, you know, facilitate this kind of stuff inside of your own sphere of well, influence, that's, your own and ecosystem. That's,
0: and that's kind of what I mean about, and I don't know if this is, maybe we've come full circle back to the beginning of me losing my sanity, but that's, that's what I mean by like shadow IT, shadow HR, shadow finance, shadow, mm-hmm. shadow, shadow. Like it's not, I'm not doing things that like undercut the the policies and procedures that we have as a company cuz we need to we need to fall back on those as a as a minimum baseline of behavior right what I'm doing is is leaning it I think a lot of and I, and I see this as with with newer and experienced managers if if you were in a management role I can tell you from all of my experience you have more authority than you think true you have more authority and control than you use now, you, you need to be responsible and use your superpowers for good, right? This is what me tell my kids all the time. But you have more latitude to operate and make work better or worse for your directs than you probably think. And so these things, um, you know, like, oh, hey, do we, ha- do we have to go mother may I to five different departments to do some nominal thing for a teammate? Well, no, we don't have to do that. We can just do it, right? We are in charge here. We're running this segment of the business we're gonna go and make this happen. We need a new system, we're gonna approve the rollout of that new system because it makes sense for us. Now, at the organizational level, right, we at the leadership level, we are trusting one another to keep an eye on those independent decisions being made to make sure there's some kind of orchestration between them, right, so that we don't have nine different teams all implementing a new ERP system at the same time because they think that their need is unique, right? So there does have to be that collaboration um, and that's at at all levels. but it's about exercising that because when you when you become a manager, you are best with authority to make decisions and run a part of the business. And so, I think people, I think it takes a lot of people time to grow into that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Shadow the, the notion of shadow IT got a is is by default. It's a pejorative. It is pejorative. It's pejorative. It's, it's derogatory yeah. because but the reason what I was going to say was it's derogatory because when it gets to a point where it's actually directly interfering with those broader structures, it's okay to work. It's okay to work inside of them. So shadow it is, you know, okay, you've got your own, you've got your tools that you need to do your job. Okay. Well, as long as that's not disrupting the broader it stuffs of the organization, as long as you're not making the it department's life, you know, miserable, and or, you're not
0: violating your acceptable use policy. And you're not and all violating those any stu- stupid little things,
1: right? I would lump all that in there. As long as you're not doing any of that stuff, you're good. Like you're you're fine. Go you solve know? your problems. Go solve your problems. HR, it's kind of the same idea, you know. And management, same same idea. It becomes a problem when you try and when that influence of of your little shadow, whatever your shadow widget, when the influence of that, the ripple effects of that start getting felt outward. As long as you keep yeah. it internal to your team, to your organization, you're fine.
0: As you're soon about as the blast it starts radius. disrupting, it's
1: yeah. Yeah. As long as that blast radius is inside of your sphere of influence, you're good. As long, as soon as it goes outside of that, that's when you're going to run into trouble. And so understanding and you know finding those, those boundaries and then proactively seeking to prevent that from happening. That's the other thing, you know, just don't, you know, when you, when you see a problem, don't sit on it, and pretend it'll go away. You just go in and, you know, run headlong at it, figure it out. The people that are being impacted by that will appreciate the the heads up, and that usually ends yeah. you land you in a, in a in a better spot. So so anyway, yeah, org charts. I see that as the contract for working together inside of an organization. And so I, you know, strong opinions loosely held. I'm willing to sit back and see what happens with with my team here. Amen. I, to that. I think that it's it could go either way. Um, You know, it does ultimately report up to our, to our president and CEO. You know, my biggest concern is that because it's by definition a matrix, so they're all even, that's a lot of parallel dots going up to one person. We've talked before about how management works best when you have five or less direct reports. The U S army did a big study on this back in the eighties. Crap. I need to go find it. Um, And they came to the conclusion that, any officer leading anything, five or less direct reports is totally manageable. As soon as you go over five, things start getting a little cattywampus. Yeah. And that's what, you, that's what you want to avoid. And so in this case, there's like nine. There would be nine direct mm. reports, which is quite a bit. I mean, it's, it's a lot. In addition, yeah. to your own, in addition to your own responsibilities, I, I mean, managing the, managing the people under you becomes the full-time job. You can't really yeah. have other responsibilities, and, and that's it does, usually and not reasonable.
0: Managing contributors is different than managing managers. True, As, it's a different level of involvement and and commitment.
1: And it's usually a heavier level of involvement, and so I would actually say, yeah. con, you know, the the natural implication, of well, well, these are managers, and they're supposed to be self sufficient, and you're just going to s- sort of oversee them. You'll actually have less involvement. Well, yeah. no, it's actually no. more because the problems that they're dealing with. The, the, the potential problem set that they're dealing with is, by definition, a lot wider. So the chances of you and, and a manager having something to talk about, much higher than you and an individual contributor having yeah. something to talk about. So you actually, I, I would say you want it even less, which is why as you get higher and higher in the organization, you have, you know, it's a small cadre that reports to the president and it breaks their CEO or whatever your structure mm-hmm. is. And then it breaks down, you know, more widely as you go further down in the organization. You know, there, there's yeah. good reason for that. It's not just simply the old boys club. I mean, I, I know we like to vilify organizations and, and all that in, in, in pop culture today. But the, I mean, like there's a reason a lot of this stuff exists. You know, there's there's sound mm-hmm. logic behind it. And it's not that people are evil. You know, we've been doing a lot of this stuff for a long time. Like there's a reason, you know. There's a reason that we settle on these things. It just well, I mean, the old man, he's got to
0: say like this is this is why uh, this is why public education is horribly broken because one of the things kids don't don't leave with. Oh, I, I know, I just went off on a whole thing here. You, tell me, uh, my God, I, I need to give you. I should give you like two of these. <laughs> for that, I think it's. I think it's, that, but it's, that's okay. Go ahead. I think I think it's demonstrable that uh, each successive generation truly understands a little less about history, and for good reason because it's taught like garbage. Taught, yeah, it's not. And taught. I think I think the context of uh, the lack of context of history leads people to think that, oh, all of these are new problems, right? right. Like, like, oh, we haven't been dealing with this for eons and, and that, oh, this is the first time, this is the worst it's ever. No, it, we live in the safest, most profitable time of ever, always. And that's just, that is the fact, right? And yeah. so- I, yeah, I think each generation's got to discover for itself that, like, oh no, you're not the first to deal with this. So you're not that much different. You're not n- novel, you know. Yeah, um, and
1: you end up in you end uh, up in really dicey territory when you start thinking that, oh well, nobody's ever you know you know this problem
0: was just unprecedented. Unpreced- Don't we love that word? Oh my gosh. Uh the the notion let un- me tell you, whatever the situation is, it's precedent. It's quite precedented. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The very the chances precedent. Of you dealing with an
1: unprecedented situation are practically zero. Uh,
0: uh, dealing with an unprecedented situation is unprecedented. <laughs> at, at this point in human history, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's very true. It's very, very true. Oh uh, man.
1: <laughs> so all right. Okay, uh, I was looking uh, gotta, I was Unwind us a little bit here. Uh God, um all the way back to you yeah, and your I was, insanity. You had so you were going somewhere and I stopped you with the shadow with the shadow no, IT I th- thing.
0: I no, I don't think I don't think there anywhere was uh just I, I usually I use my therapy chair. So I think that's all that <laughs> I think that's all that you mean was. my
1: therapy chair. Because now everybody a, can see my therapy chair because now we're on yeah, video. Let's get that's that. right. hmm
0: yeah, let's get that in the into the shot here. You gotta that's have. this gorgeous, and I see that Super Mario Three poster over oh, there. Yeah. I see it. Mm-hmm. I see it. Um, that is
1: that. That's that's not there permanently. I um, I had opportunity to go to a um a a comic con my first, and and this may surprise uh, some people given how uh, what a gamer nerd I am. It's actually my very first comic convention I have ever been to. It was a little okay. one here, in my hometown state college here. They have, uh, we have this new uh, rec center, and they have this really big open space, um, and they use it for conferences now, and they had a comic convention, and it was really good, and it was really big, and um, so I went with the kids and the wife. It was a lot of fun, and we're planning to do a remodel of our basement, and one of the things we're going to do is we're going to actually have, we have a small alcove area that we're going to turn into a gaming center for, oh, for nice. all of my gaming stuff, yeah. And we're going to decorate it gaming style. And I saw that Mario brothers three poster and I thought, okay, it had to get it. It's it's vintage style. uh, Very, you know, it's very much in line with, with me. I played the crap out of that game when it came out and it, you know, Mm -hmm. looked really good. So we, we bought the poster, got it framed up and now it's just kind of chilling in my office. I get to turn and appreciate that. In a couple months, it'll be hanging on a wall in the, uh, in the, in the gaming nook. Nice. So, yeah. But in the meantime, It'll be here for viewers Uh, to enjoy.
0: (laughs) So I was looking at a minor, minor entremont. I was looking uh, again at uh, layoffs.fyi. Love this Which I check. I check maybe on a a weekly basis, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, It's interesting. And so it's, you know, it's, it's some, uh, as some, some person's been tracking uh, layoffs since like sometime during COVID lockdown. Mm -hmm. Um, And it really is just, it's just, it's lost porn, right? If, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it's, it's it's the train wreck documented, right? It's um, yeah, it's dark stuff. Uh, but I, I was pointed to it today because uh, Alterix did like a ten percent riff, and so they're they're in the data science space, which is which is part of what I operate in. And so, um, anyway, I was looking through it, and I realized, you know what? Don't spend. This is a great resource. This is a fantastic tool, and I will continue to reference it. And. You know what this doesn't paint the picture of this doesn't show how many companies added to their headcount uh-huh. and how many companies are still in operation like how many companies are still working right now Too true I don't know I almost I, yeah I almost I almost want to do something uh just to compare like pull data from this and then pull data from I don't know, uh, a BLS and, and compare like, Oh, Hey, look, look at all this, look at all this FUD, right? Look at all this, this, Mm -hmm, this, mm -hmm. lost porn, this, this, uh, this, this fear mongering. Um, And that is, you uh,
1: BLS Bureau of Labor Statistics, FUD, fear,
0: uncertainty, and doubt. Sorry. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I almost want to have a companion site that's like, Hey, you, if you're in the industry, you should probably pay attention to this. And also, and just put it in an iframe, so that, like, for context, here's an estimate of all of the companies and employees in tech that mm-hmm. still are still there. Yeah, just to temper it a little, you know. And I'm not, and I'm not. It's not a, a, a like a value judgment, and I, I don't. I'm not throwing shade at this site because I think it's a great resource. No, it's really I think everybody understands see, that, like, especially in tech. That, yeah, and I, th- I think I think everybody understands that. Like, hey, you know what you're getting when you go here. It's just a source of information, and it is very targeted, and and it's it's very difficult to tell. My camera keeps doing bad auto fo- i think that's, i need a new camera because that's autofocus. Right. just that's all right keep, roll with it you're um, good keep it keep going but the uh the point is they're like it's it's a very focused site it it shows you one thing and one thing only um and that's fine so I, I don't have any problem with it but it just it just struck me like i don't know
1: yeah it's i i think you hit i think you hit the nail on the head it's it's very um your car crash analogy, you know, uh, I, I think fits. We we look at it because it's, you know, failure, you know, explosions get more eyeballs, you know, but bad, yeah. bad news gets bad yeah, news. Do.
0: Bad hey, where news makes news. And yeah, so it, it, explosions do get eyeballs. Where are my Just cause fans at, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have an explosion on the board. I can't back you up on this one. It's about, as, it's about as close as I can get, I could imagine That's some explosions after that so yeah, there's also i mean I'm also think of the uh the the old um the old saw of when you're when your neighbor loses their job, it's a recession, and when you lose your job, it's a depression
0: it's a depression, yeah, you know
1: so there is i mean yeah the, the, here's another thing to think about that i where I thought you were going with that was okay, let's take all of those companies that are on Layoffs FYI and let's do some inverted research. How many of these people hired hired people and how much did they grow their staff during, the, uh, during COVID? Well, and, and, so, and I
0: got to apologize. I have a, a dog in the background, but for so Dropbox is on the list from yesterday. Uh, they let off 16%. So I would say they overgrew by 16%. Right.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and so you really got to look at this you can't, we have this, it's always a zero sum game. The the, the media does this deliberately. You know, they they always talk about these things in terms of, in terms of zero sum.
0: Oh yeah. If it bleeds, it leads.
1: Right. So, but, but none of these things happens in a bubble. None of these things happens in a vacuum and they don't follow. So they don't follow these, you know, these layoffs to, like you said, Bureau of Labor statistics. Okay. Well, you know, Okay, we can see the dip, but then, oh, look at that. It came back up. So they went somewhere else. Where did they go? You know, that, that sort of information. Yeah. But the other side of this is corrective action. I talked about this on the show uh, sometime late last year, I think, where I thought that this layoff dip that we were seeing, at least in the tech sector generally, was a predictable outcome of the Overcommitment of hiring that a lot of these uh, tech companies did during COVID, you know. Yeah, and they, I don't think that's it was a boom time, and they just hired people. Do you know? I have seen now. I have lost count of the number of these stories that I have seen. It's anecdotal evidence, social media posts of individuals who worked for FANGs, for Facebook, for Google. Mm-hmm. In the last two to three years and with, and who are now saying, yeah, I got, I worked for this for, for Facebook and I got laid off and I, while I was there, I did almost nothing. I, mm-hmm. I or, or I genuinely did nothing. Like we're talking Silicon Valley season one, you know, the guy got, acqu- got acquired <laughs> and now he just sits on the roof and hangs out yep. and waits until his, until his golden handcuffs are off. That's what a lot there is. Again, it's 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 hearsay. There's it's not evidentiary based. It's people saying it, so you know, take it with that grain of salt. But enough people are saying it that I, I'm inclined to believe it's true. Now the question is why? Why would they do this? My first thought is well, if I hire these people, then somebody else doesn't, and so it's a way to keep to keep talent uh, out of the market which bolsters your position for a company that's working at a macroeconomic level like a Facebook or a Google or an mm-hmm. Apple that's kind of a legitimate play it's like you know it's a, it's like the money that Pepsi or Coca-Cola sinks into brand advertising they're not actually trying to sell oh, yeah. anything they're just making sure that their name is out there so they just keep throwing dollars just to make sure their name is out there it's the same idea here. They're throwing dollars at talent just to make sure that their comp that their competitors oh, yeah. can't get that talent. I think that's yeah. probably part of it, and the other part of it is going back to COVID. I think it was boom times, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we <laughs> we this is gonna be we we got this." I don't know. To- let's-, let's just hire. Well, these because people. they we'll thought figure they it had later. they th-
0: they thought they had the Konami code for the Fed's infinite money glitch, and so it turns out that <laughs> like hello, that. interest rates were bound to go back up, and. Here we are. Shocker of shockers, right
1: now. I mean, economy is a much bigger machine than that, and I think we're seeing a lot more broader uh, economic influence. I mean, the market is just yeah, banking. but it's been
0: it's been clear for a while though. These Silicon Valley companies, they're they're just banks, right? They, are, they are all banks. I'm not, and, I'm not following fact, you. What are you, in what are fact, you getting at here? We're in that, in that. Uh, in that the macro environment means a lot more to their business than technological advancement does at that scale. At this point in the development of the industry and at the scale of a FANG, the monetary and fiscal environment has a greater impact on how they operate than LLMs or a new React framework. Oh right? sure, it's, it's, I mean, just, they're, they're- it's a bigger input to the business because, because these companies, by the way, if you look at the earnings reports, they have – forty seven cajillion dollars cash on hand it's not sitting in a bank account right that's invested that's in right. the market that like if it's there's i might we so in a previous role, I was at a company and uh there were some things happening. I don't want to give too much detail here but but you know the it's like there's like a seven what is it on on top secret top classified documents for the government it's like a seventy year uh lockout or something Mm, they want to make sure that that everybody who was involved is dead before they release the the information to the public or something everybody Um,
1: is dead or you know anybody who could benefit make sure the situation is completely resolved before
0: they release it and
1: things like that and yet there Um, are still things that they haven't released like jfk uh, (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, there was. Well, that was. That was it, right? There was a. There was a. a bunch of things that came out like. A, like five years ago, because uh, it was sixty years or whatever the cutoff. I, mm-hmm. I, the point yeah. is, point is, uh, to protect the guilty. Um, uh, my boss at the time was like, you know, I'm starting to come to the conclusion that uh, we generate a lot more value through financial engineering than software engineering. <laughs> and I was like, yep. Like, if you look at mm-hmm. if you look at uh, companies, look at public organizations, look at how much money, how much capital, at least notionally, that they can generate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the valuations over the last few years are because of the macro environment. And just to put a, just to put a cherry on top, Apple is now literally a bank, right? So they came out uh, maybe three, four years ago. They came out with the Apple Card, right? So you had your you had your phone, and and all the big carriers are doing the NFC payments, right? Which is great. And then Apple came along with. Goldman Sachs, maybe it was, and they introduced the Apple card, which was almost exclusively a digital credit card. Like you, you got a physical card, but it was some titanium token that didn't even have the number printed on it, right? Um, and so now you have a credit card that's you know, through Goldman Sachs, but, but through Apple, and it's in your Apple wallet and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they had Apple Cash, right? So now you can keep, you know, liquid cash in your Apple Pay account uh, and so you had two ways to transact and now they're literally offering like a savings account. it there was a i this I just like down the story i didn't know we were going to go here with the with the with the show but like last week they they announced that they're they're actually going to have like a savings account program or so. these companies are banks is my point and the macro really really matters to them um and because of the free money because of the crazy valuations yeah i think there was a, a lot of and you can already you can already hear the hate mail, right? You can already hear it rolling in. Well, but Chris and Frank, they, they didn't, uh, not everybody at the fangs were laid off. We're doing nothing. A lot of them, they, they really worked hard and they just got swept up in this and not everybody. And uh, yes, I know it's not everybody. It's a generalization. The fact of the matter is there are more than a few examples of people that were hired and then not put to work. Yeah. Right. There's enough. There yeah. are enough examples from enough different companies that whether it was strategic, uh, strategic talent hoarding, or whatever the cause or was, or overprojection, there was unsustainable growth, because of bad financial management. Whenever there are layoffs, they are after poor management decisions. Like that, I'm I'm coming to believe that to my core. Anytime there is a layoff, it is a direct result of prior poor planning by management.
1: Well, you if you lump in bad government intervention inside of an industry I'll I'll agree with if you define that as management as well which it kind of is in a way I'll I'll agree with you um, but the
0: management was stupid enough to think that the government came along with free money and that they couldn't take it back away at some point point. and well, when somebody realized that there was free money being given away that they wouldn't take it away I, no I don't, I, I don't I'm know talking that, about regulation know a, being I'm, I'm talking about it's a clarification it, without difference eh, okay i mean i i, I, I mean
1: situations where you know, you know the government starts to you know foist itself more, you know, direct
0: intervention, but yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm I take splitting hairs.
1: Maybe I'm splitting hairs.
0: It's fine. But in the, in the general case, if you yeah. see layoffs, like we're seeing now, it's because of poor management.
1: Right. I get you. Uh, I should point out, you talk about how Apple has a bank. I just did a quick search while you were, um, while you were monologuing there. Uh, Goldman Sachs is the backer for the Apple bank. So Apple did not mm-hmm. create, I, I think it's important to point this out. Apple did not create its own banking entity under its umbrella. No. It is partnered with Goldman Sachs to offer those right. services under a white label. So, yeah. I, I, you know, you, so you talk about Apple being a bank. Well, it's not. It's, it's just using some services from Goldman Sachs and just slapping its own label on
0: it. Okay, so, so, so from the perspective of my neighbor who mows in socks and sandals, what's the difference? There's no difference there. Apple, I can keep my money with Apple. The paperwork that comes in the mail three weeks later that nobody looks at and throws in the trash without without <laughs> scanning may say Goldman Sachs. But from his perspective, Apple is the bank. So, I yes, there's, again, a distinction without a difference. It, it is correct that, that Apple did not create, you know, Apple Bank N.A. They are using Goldman Sachs and white labeling, just as you said. That's That's very like structurally. You are absolutely correct. But for somebody that doesn't understand technology and/or finance, which frankly is a lot of people, <laughs> does that matter?
1: Well, you are. Well, we were talking. I think it matters in this conversation because we were talking at the macroeconomic level. We were talking about the fangs hoarding hoarding people for you know the, at at these high at these high levels, and so to support that, you suggested you know these tech companies are now becoming banks. Well at a macro level, no, they're not, you know, the, the, the savings account that Apple has is just a, it's, it, 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 it's a bolt on feature that they partnered with somebody, you know, with a vendor to, to support. And so
0: why they would they, why would they go into that? Why would they go into that business? If the margins weren't fatter than everything else they already have? Well, it does. I, I
1: mean, when you said it, cause I don't, I don't track the, uh, I'm not, a, I, I don't track the fruit company the way that you do. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not an Apple user. Um, I
0: will say it did raise my, you could jam some more value signaling or virtue signaling into that. If you want, you'd want I, I a couple mean, I'm, more qualified, okay, right, I was,
1: I was trying to be polite to you, you know, cause I sort of respect you. And I, it's like, I, I mean, I am better than you. So that's, I mean, you, you made me say it. Okay. That's like You made me say it. It's, it's your fault. Okay. So not have waste delayed. my
0: money at Apple. I'm not a dumbass <laughs> like you. You just come out and say it, like I, oh. I, I, I did. Like you, you, you twisted right. my arm. I'm better
1: than you. Okay, fine.
0: Okay. Moving on. Let's just let's just be straight. That's all. Look, it, these conversations. Honesty, all I ask yes. is I got to look at your face. I got to hear your voice for an hour or two. If you take in editing, yeah. I, let's be honest. Let's be straight with each other, at least.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, that's fa- that's a fair point. I will say it did raise eyebrows when you told me that Apple had a credit card as a service that felt very. That that did feel weird. And it does make me... To, I, I, th- in support of what you're suggesting, it does make me wonder, mm-hmm. okay, what are they... Like, what's going on here? Like, what do they get out of this? Um, and, you know, because I can see, on the one hand, the, um you know, the, like, paying with Apple Pay and with Google Pay, it's a direct integration. It's a function of the phone. It's a function of the device. Okay, makes sense. Like, I, I, like I, I see... I can connect those two dots. I, I see where this ends up under your umbrella. The savings account? Uh, like, okay, yeah, like I it attaches to Apple Pay, but it still feels like a little bit of a bridge too far from I I I don't need the person who makes my phone to have my to have all my money. I, I, I that that one I don't connect. So Well, yeah, who said it was a good right. idea? No, no, I know you didn't. <laughs> so, you know, so why they're getting into it, I I, I mean you, you said, you know, it's got fatter margins than anything. Well, yeah, but they're not going to turn around and become like if they were if they were going to turn around and become a true bank, they wouldn't have partnered with Goldman Sachs. They would have genu- genuinely made their own banking. Um, you're getting hung up on the. I think you're getting for,
0: hung up on the specifics of who's actually holding the money in which account. The point is the financial engineering afoot. And the the shell game of moving one dollar into three different places until you pull up the shell—that's right. what creates the value, right? Like not—that's that's my overall point—is the financialization of the technology industry. Gotcha. Uh,
1: boy, that this one was just uh, segues on top of segues, was like a whole thing. You know, background for everyone else here. We we came into the show. I didn't have. Really, any talking points planning? Chris had some random thing about it, you know a midlife crisis. That's how we started the show. Just a little insider baseball. everything none of that. <laughs> we we do this by the seat of our pants, folks. You want to you want to talk about simplistic planning and and you know minimum viable product? Oh, okay. I'm going to go into this one and talk about how I'm uh, looking at buying a Lamborghini. Okay, and I'm going to come into this with nothing. Let's see how this goes.
0: There's nothing more simplistic than my planning for this show. I'll tell you, I promise you that much.
1: <laughs> well, we did cover a lot of segues, a lot of sidebars. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have any of them on any of the things we talked about, feel free to reach out to us. Feedback at refactor.work. I made mention of a whole bunch of different things that we've talked about in a whole bunch of previous episodes. If you want to check any of that stuff out, you can go to our website, refactor.work. We have show notes. We've got back episodes. You can go and search and find any of these topics if you want to check them out. Uh, if you want to hear more from Chris, you can check him out at Tonkinson.com. And if you want to check me out, my stuff is at hotcoals K-O-E-H-L-S, dot com. And this has been episode 103. I love I love the triple digit. It feels so good. <laughs> 103 the refactor podcast recorded on april 28th 2023 always a pleasure chris thanks frank